All right, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, April 29th edition of MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. I'm joined by my host, uh, co-host on Thursdays, Agent Shulo, and my former co-host on Tuesdays, Mr. Cole Sheldon. Cole jumping in here at the last second preview uh, PFL today. Cole, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I'm good, man. I'm glad you're back on. AJ, what's up, man? Good. Good to chop it up with you guys. PFL on a Thursday. Caught us off yep. guard, but uh, we're prepared for it. Absolutely. Cole, how's everything with you, man? Like, I obviously, you're not doing the show with me, Marcel, anymore, but how's your show at BJ going? How's everything else going with you, man? Yeah, it's going well. Can't complain. All the, all the my laptop breaking, like, I know what week. happened. Cool. What the heck, man? Well, it just wouldn't charge anymore. It was gone. It, it, it was doing that for, like, a month, and then i just, like, restart it, and then it would start charging again, and then eventually it just gave out. That happens. All right. Um, so we got PFL to talk about today. That card starts at six o'clock. So we'll have the preview done before uh, the card starts. But if people are listening back on iTunes or whatever, they won't be able to uh, to hear our predictions. So that's unfortunate, but it is on Thursday night. It is what it is. Cole, it's not supposed to be Thursdays going forward, right? It's usually Friday, or is this is it, it going to be Thursday? They were Thursdays last year. So okay, so maybe it, it is Thursdays. Okay, cool. No worries. Um, before we get into that, what about talk quickly about one championship last night? Man, another one card where the crazy upsets happen. Uh, I was talking to AJ off air before we started. Eddie Alvarez lost Cole. Uh, minus 385 favorite loses to Ray Yoon Ok. And Umar Kane Rug Rug loses at minus 565 to Kirill Grishenko uh, plus 410. The other fight saw the favorite Renner to Renner uh, minus 185 beat Ong La But two huge upsets. Uh, any takeaways from this, Because for me, like the last four weeks of this one cards, guys – Crazy upsets and really like high variance. Not something I really want to bet on going forward. What are you guys thoughts? Start with you, uh, Cole. Uh, I just don't want to bet on one because I never know if it's actually live or not. So I don't know if I'm like betting on something that's already happened and then someone else knows there. Like, there's some one cha- championship lines that are sketchy that like just before fight time, it like just like it's just a straight arrow either up or down. I'm like, yeah, what the, is this one of these cards that are tape delayed or what? Like. And with Eddie Alvarez, like if that's in UFC, he probably wins the fight. He probably wins rounds two and three. But since he got dropped and they just do overall fight and damage, he loses. Yeah. With Rog Rug, I've never thought that guy was good. He's literally just fought cans and he's just a good wrestler that has like three minutes of cardio. And it showed once this guy could actually stuff a takedown and go past three minutes, like the Rog Rug was screwed. Yeah. AJ, any thoughts? I don't know if you caught it last night. Any thoughts on one betting on one in general? Yeah, I like your take about the higher variance, and uh, I understand Cole's concern about maybe the tape delay. But uh, as it pertains to Eddie, you know, I don't know that he necessarily lost because he's the less skilled fighter. I just think that, you know, part of the reason why the the odds are so wide is because we know Eddie, he he is so skilled, former champion. But um, at this stage of his career, his durability just wasn't what it once was. You know, Um, he's just getting rocked much more often. I mean, he was getting rocked, like, even in the UFC, even prior to the Conor fight. But it's always kind of a concern. I always say with betting, it's always tough to bet a fighter, at least for me when their durability is just very questionable because they could be the better fighter. They could go out there and win through 13 minutes, but if their chin just does not hold up in the latter half of the fight or at any point, they could just be their detriment, unfortunately. So that's something I really put a lot of stock into. I like to bet on fighters that have solid durability and solid cardio. So unfortunately for Eddie, I don't think he lost because he's not like not good anymore or anything like that, but the durability and, you know, seemingly near the end of his career is, uh, is unfortunate for him. I agree. I, I completely agree. I mean, I think his chin is, is going. And Josh Painter in the chat, Eddie lost his chin. Yeah, I agree. It's sad to see, but it happens to every fighter, man. They get up there in age. I think he's, what, 37, guys? 38 mm-hmm. years old now, Eddie Alvarez? Let me double check. I want to add any age to him. 37, yeah. So he's he's getting up there in age, and 
not only that, but he's always in wars. Like, you know, even in this fight, he gets dropped and like, all right, the fight's just started. But this is not Eddie Alvarez from 10 years ago. Like, it's a guy that can't take as much of punishment as he as he once could. So it is what it is. He lost the fight. Um, I thought he would have – I mean, I think it would have been a draw, Cole, had it been in the States. I think it would have been 10-8 in that first round. What do you guys think? Do you think so, Cole? I, you could have. It was just that one knockdown and, like yeah. – I just don't get Alvarez's game plan. Like it was just hold him up against the yeah. fence, and that's all he can do now. Though he just wants to wrestle now, guys. That's what he wants to do. Like just like I, I don't know. I don't know why Mark Henry's not in his corner saying like this isn't round by round. Like you got to do something bigger. You're gonna lose this fight. Like it seemed like he was so used to just round by round that he's like, all right, I lost the first. Let me just win these next two. But yeah, it's not the way it is. Yeah, that's a good point too. I'll get Josh's comments. Love Eddie Green. He needs to call quits. I don't know if he's a retired man, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely on the downside of his career. One, two, and one no contest in four fights in one. Hasn't uh, looked good. He's got some PFL plays. Uh, Ken Shiro's got a comment. Reese have a good thing at WSL. We'll talk about this in a second. Let's just finish with one here. Kevin, why are people complaining about Rogue's loss? Yeah, that's it's interesting. Um, the referee ends the round, as we know. Because we've seen this happen before in Jermaine Duran and me and Holly Holm, right? The ref let the extra punches happen. I hate that. I think it should just be like whenever the fight is the rounds over. But the ref didn't get there quick enough. Um, I think the I I think it was right in the bell personally. I don't know what mm-hmm. you guys thought. Uh, what do you what do you think, Gage? I don't know if you saw the punch to the throat. Did you see it? He said I did not you, see that. No what do you think, Cole? Any any thoughts, Cole, on this topic? Uh, I thought he threw it before the bell, and it kind of landed right when the bell hit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it was super controversial. I just think that, you know, yeah, he quit. He did quit. <laughs> he did. This is, this is what the risk is of laying minus 600 on a guy that's never been tested, never won past the first round. And you just – people probably just blindly parlayed all three favorites, I'm guessing, right? They lost on Eddie anyways. But, I mean, that's just the risk. I was even looking at these lines earlier, and I'm looking at the Gerashenko guy, and I'm like, man, plus 410. I just, you know, I, I just don't want to play with this, these one lines, but – it seems like it's dogger passing one, guys, from what we've seen. Um, you know, GDR, it wasn't a late punch. Those were late for sure. And the ref should have actually stopped that fight. Yeah, but we have seen punches at the bell before. I mean, it happens, right? There was a fight. Was it Hector Lombard? What was that fight called? Let me let me check it. Dalloway, right? <clears throat> yeah, Dalloway fight, right? Right at the bell, and he got DQ'd. Or it was mm-hmm. after the bell, I guess, right? So, yeah, good call. Uh, yeah, good call, AJ. So, like, yeah, that's a good example of it. All right, um... I mean, I think that's it for one. Uh, might as well get in the PFL now. So let's just talk about this car, guys. And I'll put it up on uh, on uh, Topology here just to help us out a little bit. Last week, let's talk about actually quickly before we get into this week's. But last week, okay, so AJ had you on. And we were talking about these big favorites. And we were like, mm, be careful, be careful, be careful. And then the one guy we did say, oh, yeah, he's, he's going to win, Lance Palmer. He loses too. There was like five upsets of like plus 300, plus 400 dogs, guys. AJ, your thoughts on the upsets last week you saw at PFL? Oh, my God. It was crazy. I actually did see a lot of tickets on uh, Jenkins. Uh, there was, like, people that, uh, you know, sort of subscribed to that, uh, you know, because they wrestled in college, and, and uh, Jenkins bested him there. Um, and, and that was a big, you know, tell in the fight. You know, it was weird seeing Lance Palmer get out-wrestled, but he did. Um, we're used to seeing him out-wrestle everybody. And then um, the tall Schulte, you know, Marchine held. Um, goes out there and performs very, very well. Uh, we always knew that this guy was super talented, but kind of like what we talked about with Lil Brooks last card, the guy really couldn't piece everything together when he was in the UFC. And then like, man, like Clay Collard, I, I saw a lot of people cash tickets on him and, and kudos to these people. I mean, yeah. um, in hindsight, it's kind of like, 
you know, I know everything sounds easier, uh, more simple in hindsight, but like Collard's a, a pressure, durable guy that comes at you with volume with his boxing. And we know that Pettis kind of crumbles under pressure. We saw that against Tony Ferguson, Fajera, um, plenty of other instances as well. So um, really happy for all the people that cashed on Collard. And yeah, three big upsets to close out the card. Um, our guy, uh, Kobolayev, you know, just dominated from bell to bell as expected. But he didn't finish the, the just... fight, though. He didn't even finish it like we were talking about, right? That's the other risk, right, AJ? We were saying... Maybe you bet inside the distance on the minus seven hundred feet, but even that didn't happen, right? So that's dude. the risk with that. Yeah. And what did what did you make of the Chris Wade fight? Like, dude, I thought that was going to be well, way closer than than it actually. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah, for sure. And I thought. Yeah. You know, I mean, Chris Wade. We were talking about Chris Wade and Tyler Diamond as the two guys we thought for sure would win, and then we said Lance Palmer. So I think we don't do <laughs> AJ, AJ's not a parlay better, but I think that's one we would have like we were hinting at a little bit. It's just crazy, man. I mean, listen, like I expect some more upsets this week too. Let's pull up the card here. Um, once again, guys, I just be careful. Tread, tread careful with these. And, you know, here's the other thing with PFL. Compared to the UFC, AJ, we don't have the, the, the deep numbers, the statistics, statistics. I don't cap fights without looking at the stats first now. You know what I mean? Like, the tape study is the most important thing, as we talk about. But I have to know the numbers. And, like, I don't totally feel confident laying a lot of juice on these guys that, you know, we don't have the detailed stats for compared to UFC. But um, maybe there are some spots here. Let's take a look at this card. We'll start with this fight here. 205, uh, Dance Bond versus Martin Hamlet, who I've heard like really good things about. I'll pull up the odds here one sec. Um, again, this fight takes place in like two hours from now. So right right now the odds, Hamlet minus 165, Spawn plus 145. So do you, AJ, any thoughts on this fight? Not really. I mean, two in- relatively inexperienced guys, just not very known. You know, just not a fight that I would really want to put a lot of stock into when, uh, you know, considering it bad. You know, we, we talk about it. We want to bet on guys that are more proven. We have more data on, like you said. I mean, the stats are are great to have, but um, even in this fight, there's just not enough uh, gauge on the level of competition for me to really have strong conviction on who wins or who loses here. I would I would tend to side with the favor, but that's not exactly a hot take. Any thoughts, uh, Cole? Yeah, I only heard good things from uh, Hamlet. When I talked to Modestus Bukowski, he said that's the toughest guy he's ever fought. He said that guy, like, they went into the fourth round, Modestus ended up knocking him out in the fourth, but He's someone I've heard of a lot. I think Dan Spawn just way past his prime. 36, like, hasn't fought since 2019 when he got knocked out. Like, I don't really know what his cardio is like, what his chin's like. I, I'd lean Hamlet, but I don't know. Like, both these guys haven't fought since 2019, so you don't really know how they're going to look. I, I think it's a pure fade here on Spawn, man. I don't think he's that great of a fighter, guys, honestly. And I think if you're going to bet on Hamlet, you're basically fading Spawn because we don't have a lot of information on Hamlet. I have seen the fight with Bukowskis when I watched his fight. I'm sure you guys watched it too. So we, we know a little bit about this guy and everything I hear is good things, but again, he hasn't did it in North America yet. He hasn't did this level yet. So it's a, it is a, it is a step up for him, even though spawn's not great, but I just think spawn's like a gatekeeper. So, you know, you look at this card guys and it's all massive favorites. This is one where it's a moderately priced favorite. Like if you're going to make a bet, I'd rather bet on someone with the price tag of minus 160 than minus 400 personally, just based on what we saw last week, especially. So that's the guy I would maybe look at, guys. And we only have two hours, but if you want to take some extra research into this guy, Martin Hamlet, he could be worth a look. Just because Dan Spawn's just not a great fighter, man. And I think we have to fade him. All right, let's go to this next fight. Sadabu uh, C versus Nikolai Alex uh, Alec Action. Excuse my excuse my uh, pronunciation. That's a tough one, too. Uh, we'll say Nikolai. He's minus 250 and Sadabu plus 210. Start with you on this one, Cole. Uh, thoughts? I just think uh, Nikolaj is going to outgrapple Sadabusai. Like Sadabusai obviously has some knockout power. He fought Ray Cooper to a draw. Like 
and then he just didn't go to the five. I don't even know what PFL's rule is because just because I I didn't see it all last year. I don't know. I don't know why someone. Adv- I think it's whoever wins the first round wins the fight, which is yep. stupid, something like that. But I think Nick is going to wrestle him. Does he finish him? Maybe. Like uh, Sai is pretty durable. He's pretty good on the ground. Like, does he? I lean Nikolai, but it's tough just because like he's a guy that he's fought Ben Askren and laws. Like he's, he's coming off that good one. Knock one over Jesse Ronson was good. I probably would lean a finish, but I still think he's a, he's going to win this one. Adrian. Yeah. I think Nikolai dominates here, man. I mean, we saw Sadabusi against Glyco Franza. I mean, Franza just took him down with pretty much with ease and then just controlled him and then got a finish on the ground. I mean, Nikolai seems like a, a stronger wrestler, more physically imposing in top position. Um, I know he's got some like losses that are a bit, uh, Cole brought up Askren, um, Bojan Velikovic is on there as well. I believe if memory serves, maybe not. Um, maybe I'm completely yep. wrong on that. Oh, right, there. Oh, right, there. Oh, right yeah. there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think, uh, the Russian here, Nikolai rolls, uh, see, I just, he's, he's a good striker as Cole touched on, but he's going to have to keep his back off the floor in order to win this fight. And I just think that Nikolai's better wrestling is going to take it to the ground. No, I like Nikolai too, man. And minus two fifty is not bad price, I don't think, especially for a guy like AJ who likes to play straight bets. Like that's reasonable, I think, because you know you look at the other favorites on this card, guys. Or minus four hundred, minus five hundred, some of them. So a guy like this, where I think he's got a clear path here with the grappling, like you said, guys. Uh, I think he dominates, man. I mean, I, I, I expect him to roll here. I, I don't really view Sadabu Sai as like this great fighter. Also, look at this guy's record: eight, five, and two. That's a guy like he doesn't win. So. That's the guy with fade. He doesn't win. He loses and draws. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah, I think Nikolai rolls this one, guys. All right, let's go to the next fight here. All right, Cesar Ferreira taking on Nick Rorick. So two former UFC fighters for obviously. Uh, I think he won the Ultimate Fighter years ago. And then Robert had like one or two fights in the UFC and was terrible yeah. and got cut. <laughs> or did he have one fight cold? Yeah, he had one against Cannoneer and lost by knockout. Yeah. yeah, it was a bad knockout. I remember that one. It was really bad. Anyways, uh. Ferreira minus 240 and Rorick plus 200. Two guys that don't have great chins. We'll start with you on this one, Cole. Any thoughts on this fight? I think if one dog's going to win, I think it's going to be Rorick just because he's going to be so much bigger. Like this guy's a natural light heavyweight. He works with Dominic Reyes. And Cesar Ferreira's a guy that fought at welterweight a couple times in the UFC. Like he fought Maza at welterweight. Like this is not a big guy. And to fight at light heavyweight, like I don't really know if Caesar's going to be able to grapple Nick Rorick. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Rorick's a lot stronger and just kind of pushes him off. And but then it's it's hard to really back either guy because one punch is all it's going to take to knock either guy. Freres, if he gets down to the ground, I wouldn't be surprised if he submits Roark or TKOs him. But I wouldn't be surprised if Roark just stuffs the takedowns and lands something big and knocks him out. AJ, thoughts? Yeah, speaking of a guy that's like talented, but just his durability <laughs> well, has just you know just been a huge question mark. Even in the UFC, it's just been Ferreira. I mean, like yeah, he came into the UFC as a striker. He was a pretty good striker, but then he had to rely on his grappling, which is very good. Third degree BJJ black belt because he was getting knocked out uh, and hurt in so many fights. And so, like Cole said, I think there's some chance that Roar keeps the fight standing. Um, I did see the face off, and like Ferreira looks really, really jacked, man. I, I gotta say, like he, I don't know if you guys saw the picture, but he looks freaking jacked. So, um, I mean, like I understand the sentiment. Like, yeah, he's moving up. Um, in Rorick, I've just, he's an okay wrestler, uh, but like not really trustworthy. I mean, he fought Cannoneer, who's obviously a great talent, but then you look at his, his resume besides Cannoneer, it's just not been the level of Fajara. So I think Fajara is the more skilled fighter, but like cold touchdown, I mean, he could just get knocked out with a big punch and that's the fight. So, um, kind of a higher variance, narrow margin for error type fight. Uh, one that I don't want anything to do with from a betting perspective, but I tend to side with Fajara. I think he's just a better talent. 
Would I be surprised if he gets knocked out now, though? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I don't think it's surprised that either guy is KO'd. This is a high-variance fight, I think, just based on the chins. I don't think both guys have good durability. That Robert fight with Canyon was absolutely brutal. I mean, I just looked at it. He missed two years after that. It was a nasty finish. UFC's like, we can't even keep you around. It was so bad. But Ferrer, I mean, listen, like, he hasn't been knocked out in a while. I feel like he's due for one soon, so... I will see. I mean, maybe his durability better at 205, but uh, I don't know. It's, it may be seen. I would lean towards Fur too. AJ, I'm kind of with you a little bit more, I think, on this one. But the odds, no way. I mean, I'm kind of with Cold's dogger pass, probably. Just not really a dog I have a huge interest in. Okay. Sex What's fight. Kind of funny, though, because they're matched up and there's probably a good chance one of them gets finished. One of them's probably going to have an easy path to the playoffs. And I would just fade whoever makes it because you get more points for the finish. And one of these guys are getting finished probably early, and then there'll be there's six or five points of them, which will probably get him in the playoffs. That's a good point too. Yeah, the format's definitely different in PFL. All right, let's talk about this one. Cole, did you interview you interviewed him like a month yeah. ago, right, Carlos Junior? Yeah. Uh, talk about uh, th this fight with uh, Tom Lawler a little bit. Just what what he told you about the fight and signing with PFL. Yeah, he basically said light heavy was a possible move. He had like I think he had one fight left on his UFC contract where he fought out his contract, and he basically said like uh he didn't even train for fights nearing the end like the Taveras one the last couple ones just because it was all about get my weight down get my it was just running on a treadmill or basically his training camp so he thinks he's gonna do a lot better he thinks his durability is gonna be a lot better and i really like carl's jr in this one like if you look tom Lawler's last fight was against deron win he just got taken down at will i think carl's jr will probably just take him down tom lawler someone i'm just gonna fade just because he hasn't fought since 2018 before that was 2016 he struggles against grapplers I think Carlos Jr. probably takes him down the first and probably taps him out. Yeah, I forgot to say the odds. It's minus 400 for Carlos Jr. and then plus 325 for Tom Baller. Uh, AJ, I'm assuming you feel the same way about Jr. here, or do you think there's a path for the dog with Tom Baller? I'm right there with Cole, man. I mean, like, yeah, even Carlos Jr., I think the move to light heavyweight smart, man, because, I mean, let's not forget, this is a guy that won tough at, at heavyweight. So, I mean, I think there's a chance he's going to be, be even physical for 205. I mean, uh, the guy's a beast, just excellent BJJ. Um, and I was just like peeking at Lawler's like UFC stats and you even brought up like the Duran win fight where he was taken down a bunch there by a much smaller fighter. Um, he defended takedowns at 57% and the UFC did Lawler. So, uh, we know Carlos Jr. He's not like an elite wrestler, but he's just so physically imposing when he gets you in the clinch. Um, when you know, he's got that pressure, you know, and a kind of BJJ style where he just gets a hold of you and it's just tough to separate. I mean, we saw him back mount Uriah Hall for the entirety of round three. Um, I think Carlos Jr., yeah, probably takes his back and gets a re-naked choke, probably early, I would say. And I think that the move up in, in weight is good for him. It could help his cardio. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys on this one, too. I think Jr. should roll in this fight. It's a good matchup for him. I, I'm like thinking right now, I'm like, is there a path for Tom Baller to win this fight? I'm thinking even ahead, like, because I want to say there is. I like the guy. He's awesome. Like, he's a fun guy and everything. But, man, you know, he's got two fights in the last five years. They're both losses, just getting dominated by grapplers, like you said, Cole. And you know, the only way he would win, I think, is if he did knock Junior out. Um, and I'd be surprised if that happened. So that's the only path he has in, in this fight, in my opinion. Like, there was a fight with John Vellante a few years ago. He was a this one right here. Yeah, he was a big under. I remember that fight. Everyone was parlaying John Vellante in that fight, and he knocked him out. So there is some, that risk that he could get a finish. This fight, too, with uh, Jason Daldo, he was the favorite in that fight. I think he was an underdog in this one. No, favorite in that Kuiper fight, too. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, look at these names. Like, he's barely fought in the last 10 years. Look at this, like the Patrick Cote fight where he had that, there was that pile driver in that fight. I don't know if you guys remember that. That was crazy. That was 10 years ago. So he's been, he's barely fought in the last 10 years. He fights like once every two years. You can't, you can't pick a guy like that. As much as I want to say he's got a chance here, he doesn't. Carlos Jr. wins 
by decision, I'm guessing, just out grapples him or submits him, like you guys were saying. Filthy is pretty uh, durable, though. I don't know if he gets finished. We'll see. All right, next one. Emiliano Sorti against Chris Camozzi. So, obviously, very familiar with both guys. Sorti won the tournament last year, and then Chris Camozzi's had, uh, like, a bunch of fights at the UFC. fought Jocker a bunch of times. <laughs> Guy, I mean, I, I I met him in person before. He's a he's a cool dude. I like Chris Camozzi. He's a big underdog here, though. Plus three hundred five, and then Sorty, huge favorite minus three sixty five. AJ, start with you. Thoughts on this fight? Yeah, I think Sorty probably rolls, man. I mean, we've seen it with Camozzi in the UFC. I mean, his liability in his game is his defensive grappling, his defensive wrestling. We saw Trevor Smith take him down at will, control him, and Sorty, man. He, I mean, he's a stud. Yeah, there's a reason why he he won last year. Uh, has some you know stoppage wins on you know from the ground on his resume. So. Uh, yeah, I think he's got the ground advantage here. And uh, Kamozi, his path to winning would just keep keep it standing, maybe get a knockout, maybe outpoint him to a decision. But I just think that Sorty being able to control where the fight goes in theory uh, should have his way uh, where he wants to fight and probably wins down the stretch. Cole, your thoughts? Yeah, I like Sorty too. Like Kamozi's obviously a good striker, kickboxer, was fighting in glory. But even in glory, like he's having, he's losing quite often. Like I just think Sorty, when he spent so many years in kickboxing like are you really thinking about the move back to mma like how much was he working on his wrestling i wouldn't be surprised sorty just tries to wrestle him the entire fight even though sorty's more of a striker himself but i think sorty rolls here like i wouldn't be shocked if he goes out there lands first takedown and then either just ground pads him out or submits him like i don't really know kamozi's wrestling was always a problem when he was fighting like mma and now taking years off to only focus on kickboxing i can't really imagine it got much better yeah, no, I'm with you. I just think Tordy's a better fighter all around at this point of his career. But, I mean, there is some risk. I Like, looking through his record, he's been finished quite a few times, guys. It's not like this guy is, like, unbeatable. He has quite a few losses. He's looked a lot better, though, I will say that, in PFL, like, lately. He looked incredible in that tournament. But, again, coming off the layoff, so we'll see how he looks. I expect him to roll, though. I mean, the guy is a good fighter. Um, it seems to have made some good improvements and adjustments in this game. I just, you know, Chris Camozzi is one of those guys that's pulled off upsets before. He has pulled off quite a few upsets. Like, I think these were all upsets. Let's take a look. Not that one. Upset right there. That was an upset. He was an upset in that one, too. I mean, this guy's had a lot of upsets, guys. So that's something to keep in mind. Small favorites. There's no way he was. Yeah, this fight he destroyed Joe Riggs. That fight should never be made. Anyways, yeah, he's the kind of guy that does pull off the occasional upset. I don't know if it's going to be in this one. I expect Sorty just to be the better fighter. He should roll. The line's pretty high. Uh, AJ, any thoughts as far as like value there at minus three sixty five? Would you say it's just an accurate line, or yeah, I'd say it's accurate. I mean, and if you want to, if you're one of those trend people, I mean, look at the winners, you know, from last event in PFL. Sorry, maybe there's nothing to it, but it's I guess it's something to note nonetheless. Uh, you know, just because you won the the tournament last year in PFL for whatever weight class doesn't you know necessarily guarantee that you're going to do it again. Um, yeah. Even though Sorry has a chance, you know, so I think we could get a little caught up in that sometimes as uh, you know biased fans, if you will. I agree. I think they brought in some pretty good talent for the season. So I think that like these champs are going to struggle a little bit, maybe not in this fight, but I think in general, they'll have a harder road to the title again. All right. Let's look at this one. Joe Severino and Gleason Tebow, former UFC fighters. There was a story to, uh, with Tebow. And he, he actually, okay. So according to his record, he hasn't fought since he beat Will Brooks two years ago. Right. Which he never got paid for that fight still, eh, Cole? Like he, that's and it a, was such a bad, weird stoppage. This, like that this whole yeah, yeah. This garbage promotion, though, didn't pay the fighters. <laughs> Battlefield FC, they did not pay the fighters. Uh, Brian Carey didn't get paid. Who else was on that card? Uh, Vanessa Mello, she didn't get paid. It, it's terrible what they did to these guys. So it's a disgusting promotion. They're scumbags. Um, they only had two events, and they, they went out of the business. They didn't even pay the fighters. But anyways, 
Um, T-Bell, he said in the interview with uh, MMA Fighting that he just won a one-night unsanctioned tournament. They did list the guys' names. I, I forgot their names. They're not very, like, well-known guys, but they do have some experience. So he did beat two bodies, <laughs> I guess you could say, in the last couple months. Um, he comes in here off quite a bit, big layoff, though, age 37. Uh, and right now he's an underdog here, plus 140 guys against Seth Reno, minus 160. Uh, two former UFC fighters. Cole, we'll start with you in this one, man. Any thoughts on this fight? Yeah, this is one where this is another dog that I think if a dog didn't win, I think I'd probably say it's going to be T-Bow. And that um, he's one of those other dogs that maybe you might take a shot on. It's a super close fight. Like, would I be surprised if T-Bow isn't the same and loses? Like, he's a guy that went on that four or five lose streak in the USC with the funny thing on topology is has lost April Trujillo yeah, no. failed drug test. It doesn't <laughs> like I've never seen that on topology. It says failed drug test round one. Like he won the fight. Win. He actually won the fight, I think. Yeah. Submission, right? And then they overturned it. Yeah, he was juicing. <laughs> yeah, but he's a guy, he's a good grappler, but like I don't really know. Like he's at like the tournament, like, okay, he's beating those guys. Like, he hasn't fought in forever. The win over Will Brooks. Like, I don't really know if it even was a win. It was just such a bad Yeah, that was a terrible stoppage. Horrible. Like, and, and Will the, Brooks didn't get paid for it either. Just so bad. The, the problem with a lot of these PFL guys, are like, especially Joe, is they haven't fought in a year and a half. So you don't really know what they're going to be like. So this is their first fight since, like, if someone didn't even make the playoffs. Like, this is the last first fight since July 2019. So how much has he improved? I think he's probably better grappler that he'll be able to stuff the takedowns of Tebow and just kind of piece him up on the feet. But I wouldn't be surprised if Tebow ends up just taking him down, kind of just controlling a decision. AJ, your turn. Yeah, that's fair that Cole says that. I just, for a fight like this, like, I mean, like, this is a spot where, like, both guys could kind of get old overnight. I mean, like, yeah, they're near 40 years old. And like Cole said, they haven't fought. It's almost been two years. And so you just never know how somebody's going to really respond after that, that ring rust, that layoff. And so, um, yeah, I understand the sentiment that T-Bow is just, uh, you know, he's a live fighter, a live dog, but just I even had some questions about his durability, you know, towards the end of his UFC career. He's another one of these guys. I mean, he got knocked out cold by by Islam Makashev, who, you know, he, yeah. his striking is developing, but, like, I mean, before that, he wasn't really known as a huge power puncher. So I've always had my concerns. He was also rocked by Desmond Green, who isn't a power puncher either. So, like we talked about, I, it's just so hard to trust a guy whose durability has historically shown to be shaky. Maybe he doesn't have to worry about it here, but just, again, he could be winning the fight clear, but he just gets hit hard and clean once, and then that's just literally it, lights out. So yeah. nothing to do with it from a betting perspective for me. No, I'm with you on this one. I I, I personally wouldn't bet this fight either. This this is just like an unbettable fight, I think, compared to some of the other fights in the card. It's just hard to get a real gauge on both guys, I think, in this one. They haven't fought in a while, and they match up kind of well with each other. So, yeah, I'm kind of with Cole. I feel like it's almost dog or pass, but I just have no interest in this one at all. All right, next one, uh, we've got Ray Cooper the third against Jason Ponnet. Ray Cooper the third is a huge favorite here, as expected. Minus 750, Ponnet plus 525. AJ, can you make uh, an argument for the dog here to pull off the upset? Uh, he's got a puncher's chance, kind of like John Howard did when John Howard surprised all of us when he uh, knocked out Ray Cooper. But other than that, I think Cooper rolls. Uh, he's, a, he's a very good fighter, as we know, very tough. Um one of the you know key guys who could very well win this tournament in, in the respective weight class that he's in. He's got a very good win over Chris Curtis, David Mashad, former UFC fighter. So um, I think that uh, you know Cooper probably rolls, but uh, you know the opposition here, of course, has a puncher's chance. But I think that uh, Cooper gets his hand raised. Uh, cool. Uh, I like Cooper. Like 
this opponent guy, like, if you look at his fight, like, he hasn't fought anyone that good. And when he fights someone good, he loses and he tends to lose by stoppage. I was looking, like, there's obviously not many books that put out PFL props, but some of them have Cooper inside distance at minus 190. One has it at minus 160, which I think is kind of crazy because if he's a 750 favorite and then you're saying he's only minus 160 to finish him like i think maybe that's what you bet but cooper's such a fast favorite like he's not unbeatable like he's a guy that can get knocked out we saw it in 2019 tournament i just think uh, this uh ponet guy who's a former lightweight isn't really gonna have a whole lot for cooper i think cooper's gonna win and probably by stoppage yeah you gotta go with cooper in this one but like you said man i, I remember that fight with john howard that surprised me and it just shows that anyone can get ko'd in this sport he was a minus 600 favorite in that fight and lost so there, there's risk with laying this juice. Uh, AJ, I know that it's past, he's past your five to one limit, AJ. So it's not even a guy you're looking at. But you know, would, if you were if you were one of those people, just you know, parlays a bunch of guys, would this even be one of the guys you'd look at or no? No, um, I like the the point that we talked about in the past. Maybe in a fight like this, you look at like the under two and a half rounds or yeah. something like that. If that's out there, anytime it's to like a total mismatch, but like the under. Round prop is reasonable, which I haven't really looked at it. Cole, Cole said there's just not many props usually on PFL, so that's probably right. Um, so yeah, I would just be like uh, the under rounds proper pass. I'm not a I'm not a huge parlay guy because I just I feel like if I'm making parlays, I'm almost making parlays yeah, saying like oh they can't lose and yeah. just add some more legs and ah. Uh, no, I'm with you me. on that one. <laughs> by the way, it's a uh, five dimes has it um, for him by TKO. Ray Cooper the third by TKO is plus one ten, but you could also submit him too. But yeah. I mean, if you think he's going to knock this dude out, you get plus money on it. I mean, that's not a bad bet, I don't think, because you do get plus money. But I, I don't really play props personally. I, I, every time I play them, I lose them. So I, I just stick with the with the winners straight up. Uh, and I feel pretty good about Cooper there. But, again, the odds are kind of high. All right, let's get to this fight. Roy McDonald and Curtis Millinder. And I'm excited to talk about this fight, man. Uh, Roy McDonald, obviously one of Canada's best fighters, Cole. Comes in here minus 410, Millinder plus 345. You think Rory rolls here, Cole, going down to San Fran May, or you think that Millinder can maybe pull it off as an underdog? I'm not going to say Rory rolls against anyone. Like, I just don't think he's the same fighter what he used to be. Curtis Millinder, like, he obviously has a clear hole in his game, which is take this guy down, and you have a lot of success. He did switch camps. He went to fight ready. He was a big part of Eric Anders' last camp against Darren Stewart. So when I was talking to him, he said that my wrestling has gotten a lot better just because He's working with guys. He said Cejudo's in the gym a lot. Cejudo's been teaching him a lot of things about wrestling. Maybe he could stuff some McDonald. I think McDonald's going to come up with a wrestling heavy game plan. Milner's, I think, uh, I think he's really a striker. Can he outstrike McDonald? I wouldn't be surprised because Rory, if he fights, he does John Fitch. He's going to lose because he's just going to. He's a guy that I can't really trust anymore because you don't really know what mindset he's in. You don't really know if he's going to not pull the trigger like he did against Gracie, like he did against Fitch, where, and then he says he doesn't want to hurt anyone. I think it's really dog or pass because I just can't trust Ryan McDonald, especially a 4-1 to favorite. Uh, AJ, any thoughts on this fight, man? Yeah, McDonald has like a, a minus 1,000 pass of victory here with the grappling. I mean, I bet against – Millinder's a guy that I just kind of look to bet against if the line's reasonable. I bet against him when he was like a massive favorite or Sabahamasi. The line to this day still – it was kind of a steal in my opinion, you know, considering the, the dynamic of the wrestling and grappling there. Um, you know, Millinder, I, I mean, I believe him that he's improving his wrestling. I just, has he closed the gap between him in the black belt and McDonald? Uh, I lean no. Um, so I think that McDonald, yeah, if he wants to play around 
on the feed. He, he's playing with fire there. McMillander so long and rangy. We saw that in the UFC, but like you guys talked about, just McDonald taking him down. I think he can maybe take the back at a submission. Um, even though Muhammad didn't finish him on the ground, he still took his back and just pretty much dominated him with top control. So um, that's going to be Roy's path to victory. But I do understand Cole's uh, hesitations because he did say that quote about, you know, not wanting to hurt anybody. And, um, you know, the John Fitch performance was a bit perplexing as well. Um, mm-hmm. I bet on him when he fought Gracie, um, but I just thought that was like a better stylistic matchup for him. But yeah, at this current line, it's just a flat pass for me. Um, I would just rather sit back and enjoy. I hope Rory shows up. Could I, cause I, I do believe that physically he's still got enough left in the tank, but again, it's that, that mentality. I just hopefully like switching over to PFL with a million dollars on the line gives him a little bit more motivation so we could maybe see the best out of him again, but it's still a, it's still an if nonetheless, it's not a guaranteed thing. Yeah. No, I'm with you guys on this one too. I I think it's worry or by man, I I don't think I could lay that G song. I just, I don't really trust it as much anymore. Millinder does have a striker's chance. He could head kick him or something. I doubt it, but yeah, I don't know if I, <laughs> I mean, the juice is high on this one. For a guy that just doesn't look the same to me, it's not really worth it, I don't think. But I do expect a lot of people to, to play him tonight. Uh, and I, he should roll. I mean, he's training at Sanford, the best gym, I think, right now. One of the best. Obviously, American top teams up there, too. But Sanford MMA is great, and they, they have good game plans, right? Like, they're going to come in here. They have good coaches. They do tape study. They're smart coaches. <laughs> Do you mean, I bet you guys, it would blow your mind how many of these coaches don't actually watch their opponents' fights and stuff, you know, and they just throw their fighters in there. But, yeah, I, I definitely think these guys at Sanford know what they're doing, and I expect a role in that fight. Battle fan. Oh, yeah, Cole's here just for a bit. That's Marcel, obviously. Cole just came in for a bit today. Um, we did PFL. Uh, you know what? We can talk a little bit about UFC. I already did the podcast with Marcel, obviously, but I'll get you give you guys a, a few quick thoughts. Um, we're just talking about the main event. I mean, you might as well. Yuri Pajatska and Dominic Reyes. I talked about with, with Marcel the other day. We both kind of were leaning towards uh, Yuri to get the win here based on just the, the striking, the power, the movement. Um, but I'd like to get your thoughts, uh, you guys' thoughts on the main event. Uh, we'll start with you, AJ. Any thoughts on Dom Reyes versus Yuri Pajatska? Yeah, I tend to think it's a competitive fight. I mean, whoever wins is probably going to win by finish, and it's not going to look very competitive, but it's going to be very competitive in the sense that, um, you know, the pendulum could easily swing one way or another. We know that these both of them are just so fast, athletic, uh, powerful, and strong that, you know, one punch could literally end it either way. Um, I was very impressed with Prohoshka in that debut in some respects. I mean, I really liked his aggression, his pace, his pressure, his power. I mean, that boxing that he has is very impressive. I mean, he knocked out Uzdemir. Nobody's been able to, to knock out Uzdemir. I mean, Cormier knocked him out on the ground, but that was like, you know, ground and pound stoppage. So um, the dude's got a tremendous amount of power. And I think he's going to come out hot and confident as he always does. Um, and I kind of like stylistically, I, I don't think it's a bad fight for Reyes. I think Reyes has more variety as a striker. He'll work the legs. He'll work the body and he'll work the head, obviously. Whereas Prohoshka is mainly a headhunter. And like, the thing that we got a question about Reyes is just like, where is his mentality at? Maybe these two losses kind of fire him up, but like these were back-to-back title fights where, you know, the John Jones fight, he thought he won, uh, ended up losing. And then he gets knocked out by Jan where he just kind of got a little over eager. Jan was frustrating him at range with the counters just caused him to charge recklessly. But I do have my concerns about Prohoshka because man, that defense that he showed in that debut, I mean, hands down, you know, Uzumir rocked him. His legs buckled in round one. You could go back and see it for yourself. And, you know, I think a big reason why he won that fight was because he was just so much faster than Uzdemir, and he has a five, he had a five-inch reach there. I mean, I don't think he's going to be that much faster than Reyes. Reyes comes from a, a football background. He's a great athlete, as we know. So 
assuming Reyes shows up at his best, this is a fight he could very he he could win. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him win at all. But um, I understand people picking Prohashka. He seems to be the the higher momentum fighter. But um, I'm actually going to pick Dominic Reyes to to pull off the the slight upset here. So I'm curious to hear Cole slots. How do you how do you see it uh, like kind of playing out? Do you think he's going to like kind of outpoint him, or do you think he finishes him or something? Or what are you thinking? I think he could knock him out early, to be honest. I mean, just like the the Prohashka, just like hands down, yeah. charging at you style is yeah. just – he's a very confident fighter, but almost like Michael Venom Page, he's just like a little overconfident. He fights with like a massive ego, and that could be – like they're both so talented, ridiculously talented, we know, but then defeating themselves could be the reason that they lose in the octagon. You know what I mean? So um, I hope he doesn't defeat himself. I hope we see the best of both guys, uh, but I actually think that Reyes uh, most likely gets it done by TKO. Cole, I want to hear your thoughts on this main event too. Yeah, I don't know how much I'm not high Dominic Reyes. I've picked against that guy so many times. I don't think he's good. I am less high on Yuri Proska. I don't think that guy's good. Like he beat a bunch of cans in Risen. He beat CB Dalloway in his title defense. When has CB Dalloway ever been close to getting a title shot? And I, although we knocked out Volkan Uzmir, it was a good win. That first round, he was. Like, he wasn't really. I don't think that fight was as competitive as everyone thought. Like he got. I was looking at his, the stats. Like he got hit seven point. Like t- I think seven point one or just shy seven point one times a minute. And like his hands are down. He just. And I think Reyes. Uh, this might be like out there. I think Reyes just takes him down a lot. I don't think Reyes stands with this guy. I think Reyes is a lot better grappler than what Yuri is. I wouldn't be surprised if he just goes back, just tries to go for double legs, put him against the cage, and just kind of beat him up on the ground. And I don't really know how good Yuri's cardio is because in Risen, he was beating guys like CB Dalloway in the first round or King Mo in the first round, the guys that he should knock out in the first round. But I like Reyes here. I'm surprised he's the underdog. I think because everyone thought he was the, like the champ after he lost John Jones, he was his mass favorite against Yon. And I think everyone's kind of jumping off the bandwagon. I just not that high in Yuri. He just leaves his hands way down way too much. And eventually he's going to catch him. And I think Reyes has that power. Where he might be able to catch him. Yeah, no, I agree with you guys on that. I, I I don't like that personally. I think that his movement is unique. I think it's very interesting to watch, and uh, I think I've I've leaned a little bit towards I think the favorite in this one a little bit more. But I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting fight. I could see I could see anything happening in this fight. It should be a good one. Um, obviously, like I said, I talked with with Marcel, but we'll look, get your guys' quick thoughts on the Comey event too before we get out of here. Jiga Chikati and Cub Swanson. Uh, Jiga's a Decent size favorite now, Cole. The line keeps growing. I'm pretty sure, Cole, you're you're like really high on him. Obviously, you've interviewed him a few times. Uh, AJ, are you as high on Jiga as uh, maybe myself and Cole are in this spot? I mean, I like him in general. I really like his striking. He's been striking ever since he was a young kid. There's footage of him out there just you know winning tournaments when he was like seven or something like that. So the guy could strike with the best of them. Um, and this is a really stout test for him. It's it's one that I I picked him to win. Um, and everything, but but Swanson poses some problems. I mean, Swanson fights at a high tempo. He's a good striker himself. He could operate out of both stances. Um, and it's more narrative e than anything, I guess, because we just haven't really seen Swanson wrestle recently. But I think part of it is just because of his level of competition, like Shane Burgos, elite takedown defense, Hanato Moicano, and Brian Ortega, elite submission grapplers. Like it made sense for him to not really go for takedowns there. But you know, maybe you know. With Giga uh, standing on the opposite side of the octagon as him, maybe he he looks to wrestle a little bit here, clinch him up against the fence. Um, that's my concern with Giga is like I think he's getting better in that regard. He trains at Kings MMA with Benil Dariush and Marvin Vittori, tremendous amount of talent, just to name a couple. 
Um, and I think he's improving there. But, I mean, it wasn't that long ago where, like, Austin Springer was just dominating him on the Contender Series. And even the, you know, glimpses of the Jamal Embers fight, I, I think it looked better there. Uh, but I still do have questions about his defensive grappling against a good grappler. Is Swanson that guy to do that? I don't know. I don't think he's like a huge uh, – he's going to impose himself a lot there, does Swanson, just because we haven't seen it a lot recently. But it's an interesting uh, dynamic nonetheless. So I'm picking Giga to win. I think he's a better striker in a fight that's likely going to be one or less standing. But I, I view this fight as close. I mean, don't – I don't want people to think like, oh, just because I'm picking Giga, it's like that's gospel. The only That's the only way I see the fight going. No, this is a close fight. It'll be a good test. We know Swanson is very durable, and we'll see what happens. I hope they both look good. It could be a fight of the night. Yeah, and I, I, I pretty much echo a lot of what you said. Cole, what do you, th- what do you think, Ben? I actually think the odds are a bit too high. I think this is more of like a 50-50 fight. Like, I think Cup Swanson has a lot of ways to win. Like, I don't really know how much better Gia's wrestling has gotten. Like, whenever I talk to Benil Dario, she always raves about how much better this guy's gotten. Whenever I talk to anyone at Kings, they always rave about, like, this guy's so well-rounded now. Like, wait till... Like, Benil always tells me, he goes, wait till this, this guy's going to catch someone in a sub. because." people are just going to shoot bad uh, shots on them. And they, apparently that's something they've learned a lot is just that guillotine and when people use bad shots. I think Cub Swanson might be able to wrestle him. I'll lean Gia just because I don't really trust Swanson to wrestle anymore. And in a kickboxing fight, like I have a hard time picking really anyone uh, to beat Gia just because that guy is so technical and he uses his range so well, just kind of pick people apart and not get hit. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll get out of here earlier today, guys. Uh, I appreciate both of you guys coming in. Just before we get out of here, what about give me one live dog in the card each? Start with you, Cole. Give me one live dog. I like Cody Stamen. I don't get these odds. I think you look at the way Marab fights, he takes guys down. I don't think he's taken Cody Stamen down as much as everyone thinks. Like, Stamen doesn't really get taken down by a whole lot of people. And on the feet, Marab is a terrible striker. Like he gets hit a lot. He, he I think I think he has a lot. Of, he, he definitely has a path to victory. Where he just kind of grinds Stamen out and just out cardios him. But if Stamen keeps this fight standing, like he's just gonna pick apart Marab. Stamen's not the best striker fan away, but he is certainly a lot better. I think there's a good chance that he can just stop taking on, kind of pick him apart. And AJ, what are you, man? If there's one live dog in the card. Just one. I think there's a lot, but <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Like, there's a, there is a lot. Just give me one, though. Give give us a taste. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so TJ Brown, right? I mean, I think that you know he's going to be the more physical fighter in here. Um, I think he, you know, he's one of these guys that you know it wasn't that long ago. It was just the last fight where, where Pierce just took Kamaka down and just pretty much dominated him. He backmounted him twice and then pounded him out with ground and pound. You know, I, I am high on the wrestling of Brown. Um, he comes from a background. He's a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And, and let's, I mean, let's admire the fact that, you know, he went he went to train with James Krause. I mean, look out, look at the run that Krause is on with his guys. I mean, the only guy that's lost with Krause recently in the past few months has been Kevin Kroom, right? I mean, he's been on fire. So I think that that's a huge move. That doesn't guarantee that Brown's going to win the fight, but I use it a positive. Um, so I trust that he's going to come in with a good game plan. And I think that means going to be wrestling here with the, with the smaller fighter in Kamaka. Um, my worry with Brown and just like we talked about before is he, he has been, we we've seen him rocked more than once. We saw him rocked in the contender series by Griffin, by Chavez. And then he's another guy that, you know, even though we saw Kamaka slow down, we saw Griffin, we saw, excuse me, we saw uh, Brown slow down in that contender series fight in round two. And even against Griffin, it wasn't as big of an issue against Chavez, but I mean, let's look at that fight. He didn't really wrestle all that much, did he? So, um, I do have concerns for both guys in that regard, but I actually think that Brown is live just based on being the more physical guy. He's going to have some reach in here. And I do think he's a bit better of a wrestler. So, um, he would be a a dog that I'd say has a, a, a chance to win for sure.
Yeah, there's a couple dogs I'm looking at too. Um, just just one, like the line is pretty close, but it seems like it's getting out of hand now because Yonkut Dalava keeps getting, becoming a bigger favorite. I don't really understand it. This guy is gets knocked out a lot. Everyone's fading Jacoby here, I guess, because he didn't have a great fight. But I would lean a little bit towards Jacoby there, guys. Uh, plus 125 now. The line's just moving that way. Any any quick thoughts on that one before we get out of here, guys? Cole, I'll start with you. If Jacoby survives three minutes, he wins that fight. Like, Ion has three minutes to win every single fight. If you're betting Ion, you're betting on him to knock out a guy in three minutes or less. AJ, any thoughts on that quickly? And that's why I picked Jacoby, too. I mean, I want to. Okay, there you go. Yep. Yeah, I want to trust the guy that I think could fight 15 minutes, and we just haven't seen it out of Iwan. I mean, he's like a bully fighter. Like, yeah, if he could impose himself on you early, he could finish you. But if you stand up to him, you survive that onslaught like Cannoneer did or Serkinov did, any of these other guys, you could just, I mean, embarrass him down the stretch. I mean, look at the Cannoneer fight. I mean, he's walking him down with his hands completely at his waist, just totally unthreatened. So um, even though Kudalab is going to be a lot more physical and athletic than Jacoby, he's only going to have those advantages while he has some gas in the tank. And maybe he comes out a little hesitant coming off the first knockout loss, but I tend to agree with Cole. I think that Jacoby, uh, not that I would want to bet him, but I, he's my pick to win. Yeah, no, I think I think he's got a good chance. I mean, it's a close fight, obviously. It, it's 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 like uh, it's a classic light heavyweight fight, really. It really is like you know, it's high variance. But I, I would say you know the more tactical fighter there, Jacoby, better fighter with better cardio. There's Jacoby, and he is an underdog, so that's something I'd be looking at. Those angles are good angles. I just don't really see why everyone's so high in yawn. He's I don't know, guys. I just I don't see it. I, I think he's had some good wins. He's got some power, but the last two fights, man, hasn't looked good. And you know, the last fight especially, he looked really gun shy. Uh, didn't want to get KO'd and then got knocked out. So that worries me. Anyways, all right, guys. I appreciate you uh, joining me today, man. Uh, like I said, PFL starting at like six six o'clock. So hopefully, you guys, you're thinking about the card today. Uh, AJ, start with you, man. Uh, plug your stuff. Let's get out of here. Yeah, uh, contributing to DailyFanMMA.com. We already have a lot of content up there. That's Brett Apley sites. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter right there um, and also contribute to MMAOB just uh, just like the rest of us here. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Adam, and cheers, Cole. Thanks uh, for joining us. Cole, go ahead, man. You too. Yeah, Twitter, Hakulsavadi1, all stuff, DJ Penn, kind of everywhere. Uh, talk to Jacoby, Stamen, uh, fighter picks for the main event. Stamen was fired up. Like, uh, Adam, you edited that article. Like, he thinks – like, he does not think Marab is good at all. And And yeah. what's kind of funny about that fight is – Marab started training out of stream couture and Stamen wasn't going to take the fight for the third time. He's like, yeah, we've been booked twice. Hasn't happened. Like, let me just move on. And patchy mix trains with both of them. I, after he trained with Marab, he goes to Stamen. He's like, you take this fight. Cause you will dominate in school. This guy and patchy mix told me the same thing too. So they, they trained a lot of the same partners and the coach that extreme couture and the training partners thought Stamen just could out wrestle this guy and outstrike this guy. Yeah, it's, it should be an interesting fight. Um, we'll see what happens in that one. I mean, it's two grapplers, but we'll see. Basically, it's going to kind of who has the better striking, probably. So we'll get to find out. All right, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Matter Martin, podcast at meoddsmaker.com. I appreciate both of you guys joining with me today. Uh, just a few things I want to plug here uh, Fantasy Fanatics. I had an article on Yuri Pachowska that's up there. MMAoddsmaker.com. I got uh, opening odds for PFL, LFA as well. So definitely check that out. Um, and then elite sports betting, elite uh, fancy. I'll have my DFS article tomorrow and my my uh, my bets for this weekend. I'll have a few plays for sure. I do think this is going to be a crazy card, so <laughs> I think we'll see a few upsets on this one. And I will, I'll definitely be predicting a few upsets again. I love predicting the upsets, man. It's usually pretty profitable. So appreciate you guys once again for uh, joining me. Have a great one, guys. I'll be back Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern with Marcel.